0: What's going on? Welcome to the podcast. It is the John Papaloni Show, episode 68. Today, I am going to be interviewing Michelle E. Dickinson. And we're going to bring her into the show now. Michelle, welcome to the show.
1: Ah, uh, Thank you for having me, John. It's great to be here.
0: Absolute pleasure. Why don't we start off the show with you giving us a brief uh, or extended biography of you know, what you're doing now, how you got into it and, um, you know, what you did before and what was the inspiration to get into this?
1: Sure. Thanks for asking and thank you for the invitation to join you today. I um, am a mental health advocate and a change maker. So I have my own company where I work with organizations to help them recenter their people and empower them, especially now we have a, a big challenge with mental health. Uh, Across the globe, 42% of global employees have experienced a decline in their mental health. So talking about um, mental illness in the face of this pandemic is really important. My backstory is I spent 19 successful years in um, a corporate job and I loved it. And then I was invited to tell the story of my childhood and give a TED Talk. And that pretty much shifted everything for me. And the TED Talk was about growing up with my mother who had bipolar disorder. And the response that I got from telling that story on the TED stage inspired me to write my memoir, which would humanize mental health for people who maybe don't have a relationship to mental illness or just wanna understand what it's like to love someone with depression or anxiety or any kind of mental illness. And so I wrote the book and I decided, you know what, there's a lot more that I could do with my story and with my TED talk. And I was deeply passionate about creating more cultures in the workplace of compassion. So that's when I decided I'm going to start my own company and I'm going to work with organizations to create more compassionate workplaces because there are so many people that suffer in silence.
0: Absolutely. Now, that's the thing, right? How... Like you're right. A lot of times people keep it in, which is um, not probably not the right thing to do, but like that was kind of an interesting transition. So like, like did when you started, did you like, did you immediately just quit the corporate culture or did you sort of ease into it?
1: Now, you see, I was pushed out of the out of the nest like a fledgling. <laughs> so I created my uh, company several months after my position in the corporate in space was eliminated. So here I was being a change agent in my own culture, helping to build the fastest growing global mental health employee resource group, uh, promoting a conversation about mental health. And then before I know it, my position gets eliminated in a restructure, which is very common in the industry that I was in. But I would never experienced it and it was a pivotal point where it was like what do i do i live in new jersey there's many companies that i could have gone to work for but then i really just sat with it and i thought you know what what would bring me the most fulfillment you know success is one thing but success without fulfillment is a very empty place to be so i really was going for the fulfillment piece and I said, you know what, I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to create my company. I've never been an entrepreneur, but I surrounded myself with mentors and community of entrepreneurs. And I went for it. And I went for it right in the beginning of the pandemic. So it was even more scary. Um, but I, I found an opportunity because so many employers wanted to do a little bit more for their people when they were suddenly isolated at home. So I, I was able to launch my resilience program um, which started me down the road of being a, an entrepreneur.
0: Right. Okay. So this was uh, more recent than I actually thought.
1: Yes. <laughs> wow. Two so, years. So yeah.
0: That's that's pretty good. Good for yeah. you. you yeah. Know what I mean, like, uh, it's it's a situation that could have been ugly and scary, and you mm-hmm. turned it around into some, uh, and went through passion, which is phenomenal. This is great. But-
1: it's a roller coaster, though, John. It's an emotional roller coaster. The experience of being an entrepreneur is a lot of ups and a lot of downs. So it's a matter of trying to find your support circle and get that mindset and that mind chatter right so that you can keep going.
0: Absolutely. Like I have my moments. Trust me, there are other times I get out of bed and I go, why did I do that? I just <laughs> want to go back, curl up into a ball and say that yeah. heck it all. And then, you know, of <laughs> right. course, the true entrepreneurship has that feeling mm-hmm. that goes and does what they're supposed to anyways.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the, it's the uh, perseverance to keep going even when you just... You don't, you don't see hope and, and it can happen to any one of us.
0: Absolutely. And, and I've been in and out of depression myself. Um, Kind of a weird story of how that started, but you mm-hmm. know, so I've experienced it. I kind of uh, understand it yeah. and uh, it kind of sucks. I mean, at least I have good moments. I mean, I'm not a, a permanently into that. I mean, I've never had to be medicated mm-hmm. or maybe I'm just stubborn, whichever one it is. But uh, I usually get out of it, but you have your moments. And like you said, entrepreneurship really tests your emotional uh, strength, we'll say.
1: Absolutely. And I, I just applaud you for acknowledging how how you, you know, the fact that you dealt with depression. I honestly, I was adopted. I never in a million years thought I would deal with anything that my mother went through until I went through a divorce. Um, gosh, this was 18, 2018. And I found myself depressed and I said, you know what? I am going to reach out and get support because I can't do this. And I got support just like you said, you know what? Maybe you're stubborn. You work through it, whatever it takes. Um, But acknowledging it is the first step and talking to someone, whether it's a friend or someone to help you is important.
0: Yes, absolutely. So I want to ask you, what's your definition of success? Because I'm going to go touch back on what you were saying that you chose fulfillment, uh, you know from success or over success. So I want to break that apart more. And
1: yeah, yeah, what the definition of success, I think is something that shifts with us as we mature. <laughs> I think my definition of success when I was younger was, okay, I'm just going to work and S- and elevate my career and make more money and uh, be respected and regarded as a someone, you know, in my industry. But as I get older, I'm starting to realize success really is about impact impact in the world, impact in the community, because that's really where I get the most juice. That's where I get the most fulfillment. Um, So success for me has been an evolution.
0: Yeah. And that's with everything in life. As we grow and progress, our meanings change as well. Yeah. Too many times that people think, oh, success. I mean, they must drive a fancy car. Oh, look, look, he's got a Bentley. Ooh, he makes so much money. So successful. But you know what? There's a lot of people who drive Bentleys that are very miserable and don't know how to get out of it. And the more they try with uh, through materials, yeah. the more depressed they get,
2: Yeah. right? Yeah. So
0: I, I think you said it right with fulfillment. When you chase fulfillment, you're chasing happiness. And when you chase happiness, you're chasing long-term results, which yeah. equates to what I call success.
1: Yeah. But it also does come with a lot of uh, life experience and maturity, you know, it's... I think we have to have hardships that shape us and give us character and have us confronted with what matters, you know. And when you're young and you're ambitious and you're looking to just, you know, have a, a fast car and a bigger house and and prestige and, you know, be recognized by people around you, it's it's a different scenario versus, you know, when when you've had a few blows in life and it's really it's really strengthened your character and taught you what values are, you know
0: absolutely and again it's different stages of life like i've been on both sides of the fence where uh you know i look at the fridge and go "Ooh, nothing there and i've also been on the other side where it's like hmm i'm sick of my bmw can i get a mercedes now i mean unless someone want to look around so maybe you've had this for eight months ah, i get bored easily right so i've been on both sides of the fence yeah right? like uh, i mean i use that as a metaphor although to be honest mm-hmm. for about a six year period i got a new car about every year And, (laughs) um, stupid reasons, you come up with excuses and whatever, but it is what it is. I mean, but my point I'm getting at is the fact that, um, I've been on both sides of the fence and I could tell you surprisingly when I could choose what car I'm going to get that year, Mm -hmm. I struggled more with depression in those times than I did Mm
2: -hmm. when I opened up
0: the fridge and there was nothing in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's because what happens is in a way at a certain point you can get to a certain comfort level. Yeah. Where you can lose meaning.
2: Yeah.
0: Because no matter what you do the result is the same. You know what I mean? And you and you you lost interest in your purpose. Mm-hmm. So now you're sort of like going in circles and that circles is what brings you into that depression.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we have to know that when we're in those circles that the most important thing we can do is get out of our minds and get out of get out of the rumination that we tend to do and what what that could look like is going for a walk. It could look like reaching out to a friend and just having a conversation. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to get into the chair and be with a, a, a therapist, but it just means get out of your head and talk to someone. Talk to someone so that you don't make it 10 times bigger in your mind than it really is.
0: Yes, exactly. Now, that's the other thing I want to bring up because, like you said, going for a walk. Mm-hmm. And I think that movement and exercise is incredibly important and, uh, you know, to be in the right mindset and it's not so much to gain the muscles or to lose the body weight or to you know like meet other people it's more of the fact that it gives you a moment to reflect and to get out of your head like you said to analyze things with no judgment It, it frees you in a way
1: yeah and being in nature i mean being in nature is so nourishing i sat this morning on the beach in front of the in front of the sunrise and that just nourished me. I mean, just being in nature and having my feet in the sand and, and being outside and filling your lungs with fresh air, like all of that is so nourishing for the soul and for your body. Um, and when you work out, you can get the, the endorphin high that comes from exercise. So, and we all know the endorphins are good to help our mood. So movement is so important when, when we're feeling low and, and just important to have in your life
0: absolutely and it doesn't have to be the gym you don't need a gym membership I don't care what people say you don't need that you just need to get up and move
1: yes exactly absolutely
0: so now let me ask you something Mm -hmm. what was the pivotal moment in your uh venture that you said I'm on the right track this is what I want And I I just want to expand now. I'm happy. I'm Mm -hmm. ready to go to the next level. I couldn't have made a better choice. Because often when we start new ventures or start things, it's an idea. And then we tend to question ourselves. Are we doing the right thing? You know, am I making a mistake? Could I be doing something more somewhere else? And it's always that little self-doubt that you always get in the beginning. But I find that there's always that pivotal moment where, like, lightning hits. And you're like, this is it. I'm here.
1: Yeah, for me, it's the, it's the, like I said before, it's the impact, it's the fulfillment that I get when I know I'm making a difference in someone's life. So I deliver, for example, I deliver resilience programs and I've been delivering my resilience program to employees across, across the U S and to know the impact that I'm having on them and to hear their feedback about, oh, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to try this. And I didn't think about that. Um, just knowing that what I share makes a difference is, I mean, that is so fulfilling. I think that there was a moment when I was delivering a program when I just, I, like, I got so connected to wanting to help these people, these faces that I was interacting with, that it solidified why I'm doing the work I'm doing. It's like, I want to help humanity. I want to help people not suffer. I watched my mom suffer in silence. I know what it feels like to be feel hopeless, to feel off kilter. Um, The pandemic's been really hard for so many people with the magnitude of loss we've experienced with loved ones, with routines, with things that bring us joy. So that's when I I realized, you know what, like I'm here on this planet to make a difference for people, individuals, you know, one at a time or groups at a time.
0: Right. That makes sense. Now, what, Can you get into uh, your program? What does it entail?
1: So I have two workshops. The first workshop is for employees and it's really reminding them of all the things they do have control over. You know, if you listen to the news, it's very scary. We can, we can get really sucked into the narrative of everything that's wrong and everything that's broken and all the unrest. Um, In reality we have more control over how we interpret that and and how we control what we're consuming. So I put people back into the cockpit of their lives and remind them that only they can protect their peace, only they can protect their mind. So I give them things to do. Um, Obviously we talk about gratitude, we talk about the power of meditation, movement, sleep hygiene, diet, exercise, all of those things. Um, To remind us that, you know what, we we actually do have much more control than we like to think we do. So that's the resilience program. But the leader program is really about leaders, people, leaders and organizations have such trepidation around checking in on their direct reports. They're so afraid that they're going to overstep a boundary. Well, if they notice their behaviors changed, they might be struggling and you might be the only person who checks on them. So I want to build confidence in leaders to really care for their people and really help them um, understand what's available to them if they need support.
0: Right. That makes sense. Now, how long is your program typically like do you have like a, for example, is like one, is there one program that's like six weeks, three weeks, or is it ongoing?
1: No, honestly, the programs um, that I have been running are just one hour modules. They're not that long. And then I do refresh sessions that we dive into some of the components from the original program. So it's totally customizable. Um, I'd say an hour to 90 minutes, I can hit a group of people in an organization, a team, and um, have them come away with valuable, tangible things they can do, tools and strategies they can implement immediately.
0: Oh, Okay, that makes sense. I get that now. Yeah. Now, what was your biggest struggle, you know, from once you started your business, and you decided you were done with the corporate world, because you're, you're getting better fulfillment, um, doing what you want to do and helping people, and obviously better results. But every journey has a struggle, I where know. would be your, nah, I don't want to say weakest point, I would say yeah. your hardest point?
1: Um, I think for me, coming from an environment that was very structured and in a corporate environment, it's very, very structured. It's very, um, expectations are, are set, goals are, are defined. As an entrepreneur, you know, there's a lot of ambiguity. You get to change what you're up to. You get to, um, you get to define what success looks like for you. Uh, so it was really working in an unstructured environment which was new for me but then also looking around and seeing that I was surrounded by friends who were still in the corporate environment so if you're surrounded by people that aren't doing what you're doing um, it's challenging because they don't get your struggle they just say well why don't you just go get a real job you know and those things are not helpful so I got a coach I got a, a, a entrepreneur uh, coach I I found luckily and he said there are two things you need to change you need to change your mindset and you need to change your circle of influence so I started to surround myself with other entrepreneurs which was super important and then he just kept pummeling these mindset books at me and I kept consuming them over and over because I was realizing that it whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right so I was struggling with this with the um, confidence that I could do this And he was like, you can do this, but you have to believe that. And so he kept educating me through different books to have me discover, um, the mindset that I needed in order to move forward, um, and not, you know, be so unsure if I could do it.
0: Yeah. That's, that's interesting how you, um, how, you know, you found the coach and he said that, like, I, I do something called minute Mondays every uh, Monday, obviously. And, um, it's usually just like a one minute, um, quick tip or you know saying or something like that for inspiration and and stuff like that and it's funny because we touch this topic because next week's um minute mondays i'm letting the cat out of the bag whoever's watching this is called um attitude dictates behavior and behavior dictates oh crap what was the last one attitude dictates action that's okay. it yeah so um So, yeah, yeah, and it was just so funny. I got into that and you kind of sort of summarized what I was saying there. Mm -hmm. So that's that's interesting how things align sometimes.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know what? You're not going to take action if you don't believe. You're not going to take action if you're wallowing in, uh, you know, concerns or uh, fears or whatever. So your action has to be aligned with who you want to be in the world, who you want to show up and be like every day. Like, you know, you have to take action to be that person
0: yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So now, okay, so that um, okay, you got a coach. How did you come up with the coach? like, where was it recommended? Did you look for one or did you guys meet by chance?
1: Yeah, we met by chance. It's a wild story, actually. Um I was in clubhouse. Clubhouse is, was a platform that I leaned on in the beginning of the pandemic because of the sense of connection, the voice, um, I, as a single woman with with dogs that don't talk to me, I was looking for a community to connect with. I and, think and Clubhouse was really there for me, and I loved the entrepreneur rooms. I would go into the different rooms and learn from different entrepreneurs. Um, you know, the big names were there, the small names were there. And then one day, I went into one of the rooms, and my coach was there, and he was just he was just generously sharing a wealth of information with this new entrepreneur who was struggling and then he extends himself and um the fact that he wants to introduce that person to like two other people and tells them to dm them and i was just like who is this guy why is he so generous this total stranger and i reached out and i said dude you got to be my coach and he's like i'm not a coach i'm a venture capitalist i go dude you need to be my coach because I need your help. And I'm just trying to figure this whole thing out and I'm new and and I believe in what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm making mistakes and I need guidance. And he was like, I don't know. And then finally he said, yes. So I basically had to convince him to be a coach, something he's not. And, (laughs) and it's been the best, it's been the best experience ever. He's just a wonderful human being.
0: Fantastic. Right. So, and that's amazing. Like these days and that this pandemic as negative as it was or is, whichever um it has some positive outcomes from this uh like through apps like clubhouse through uh our need to interact and socialize with people somehow we find ways to get out there anyways we're social beings and we We need to be social and interactive with people and and that's part of our sanity
2: oh yeah oh my gosh
0: yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so and look at the opportunities that come from it so you just proved that if you're open-minded and you're and you're allowing opportunity to come in, you will find it.
1: Yeah yeah. there's something powerful about the warmth of hearing a voice you know versus you know a post on Facebook or a post on Instagram when you can actually hear someone's voice and interact with them. I, I think that the the, vo- the voice apps are the, are the future connecting humans to humans.
0: <laughs> 100%, right Like I, I agree with that. I mean videos are a popular thing right now. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, with Alexa, Google, and Siri, whatever, pretty soon it's like, "Hey Alexa, book me an appointment to whatever." Hey Alexa, I need new tires. Hey Alexa, I need a new car. Right, whatever. That's really our future. Right. Um, right. Videos now, audio is is coming.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But with that being said, like even myself, when Clubhouse came out, I downloaded it. I showed up a couple of times, but it's one of I, I struggled with it um it felt more like 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 something i can do in a phone call or a zoom call or sort of of like what's the point Mm -hmm. but it was more of overwhelm for me
2: yeah there's a lot of stuff there yeah well i'll be
0: honest right i'm one of those highly active online Mm -hmm. um if you include all platforms i'm doing 15 to 20 pieces a day every day and i'm and it's not one of those ones where mine's pre-recorded scheduled i'm doing it live on the spot yeah so between that plus the work i have and everything else my days were quite filled as as it is. So now to add that platform on top of what I was doing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: just became the holy crap. Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm never going to do, you know, do anything, but uh, beyond the stuff, I'm going to like be on the stuff, go to bed, wake up beyond the stuff, go to bed, yeah. wake up. That'll be my yeah. life. Right. So it was like, holy moly. So then at some point in time, you just got to turn around and say, what works for you? What doesn't.
2: Right.
0: And, uh, and I struggled with, uh, being consistent with clubhouse. I kind of let it, you know, go by the wayside.
2: Yeah
1: yeah yeah. i did
0: like it when i did talk but i was very choosy
1: yeah 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 like anything you got to create those boundaries and say i'm not going to be on this thing until three in the morning it doesn't work for me it doesn't it doesn't support how i'm going to feel tomorrow and you have to just cut it off you know so i get it i get it these things can become addicting but we have to look out for our our overall well-being and say some boundaries are good
0: absolutely like i'll be honest i'm taking interest in it again but that's because I'm I'm hearing a lot of stories about people connecting and interacting yes. through clubhouse. And no, most people they would have never been friends with or yes. met on a normal, you know, time you're yeah. now connecting with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, So mm-hmm. I think that's a huge opportunity. Right. And I'm not married to any platform. I'm not sure if you have the favorites or anything, but I'm not married to any platform. I couldn't care less. Like if Facebook went out of business tomorrow, mm-hmm. I don't give a damn. I'm not in, interested in the platform. I'm just interested in where the attention goes.
1: Yep. Makes sense. Absolutely.
0: So that, which is great. So now two years in the business, obviously mm-hmm. COVID has been a help for you.
1: Yeah. For the most part, I think uh, what's, what's great is the silver lining, I guess of COVID is that more people are taking notice to the importance of mental health and well-being because so many people have been affected whether it's with anxiety or depression and being isolated more and more employers are starting to pay attention to it and do a little bit more for the people, which is um, it's like, finally, you know?
0: Yeah, that's true. And, and that's the thing, right? Cause this it's what I call the silent killer yeah. right? because people hold it in until they can't take it anymore. Right. And right. everyone can have the fake smile.
2: That's and true. Some
0: people can't see it. Some people know. Right. But then, even if you notice something's off, you know, and usually the ones that don't notice something off is somebody that doesn't know you very well. The likelihood of popping up to you and saying, "Hey, is everything all right?" right. is very slim.
1: Right, right. So, it's more comfortable to look away and make the assumption that someone else will check on them. But in reality, that might not be happening.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I, and I, and it's terrible. Right. But, um. So yeah, now that it's that it's becoming you know in the forefront, it's a good thing, which mm-hmm. means which shows that deep down with all the negative that's out there, mm-hmm. it does show that we have this innate ability and desire to help and be positive,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? I think we just gotta give people a chance to show their colors that way.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think fundamentally the human spirit is alive and well. And I think instances like the pandemic can bring bring out the, the innovative, can bring out the hearts of people, have us, I know personally, for me, the pandemic had me do an inventory reflection on what matters, you know, what, what really matters in my life, who matters to me, what, what I value, um, and not take things for granted, you know? So that's a good thing.
0: Absolutely. For sure. That, that you're right. So, now and it goes back to what you were saying before like watching all the negative stuff right like like what, what you watch you know and who you surround yourself with is a big big factor of mm-hmm. how your outlook now like lo- let's look at the news that's in the beginning you turn on the news i mean 10 stories eight of them are covid this covid that covid 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 covid, COVID. eventually you don't even have to turn on the tv yeah yeah i know covid mm-hmm. right like it got, it's gotten to the point that um the term COVID, pivot, and um, oh, and pandemic have been the three most annoying words in in history.
2: Yeah.
0: Right, like, <laughs> people are just fed up. Mm-hmm. Right, like, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, come on, we're two years into this, and it's the same conversation
1: it's true it's very very true it, it it is but that's where i always am like you know monitor how much of the media and how much of the stories that are out there that you're consuming you know find a reliable source that you trust consume a little bit of it don't leave it on in the backdrop of your where you live and it's just on over and over and over because whether or not you you don't think you're listening to it your subconscious mind is listening to it it's picking up on it all the negativity. So we have to protect our minds and turn that crap off after a certain amount of time. Well, um, that's the thing, right? Yeah. I
0: almost always turn it off. I almost now, mm-hmm. I almost never watch the news, right? If I might catch it once a week. Yeah. But other than that, I try not to watch it. I purposely don't watch it. I mean, there's a saying that I've heard so many times and that I believe in. And it's simply shut out the noise. Yeah. Right. Stay in your lane. Focus on you.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right, like I mean, because at the end of the day, let's be honest. If the president of the United States says that he's going to tax uh, people twenty percent a year, you know, on uh, their driving uh, habits,
2: yeah,
0: is it a great thing? No, but can it? Does if you say I disagree, does that change the outcome? No, no, right? Yeah. If they turn around and say, um, you know, we're going to um, we're going to close, you know, lock down for another six months, yeah. You can jump on, but now say, that's bullcrap. This is nonsense, and yes. whatever. At the end of the day, still locked in your house. Yeah, doesn't change anything.
2: It doesn't. You
0: know, protests it doesn't. where, and, and they end up getting violence. The only yeah. thing that'll that'll change is somebody will go to prison, and yes. uh, and the rest of you'll go home. Nothing's yeah. changed. Exactly. Right. Yes. So why let that crap in? Why let it focus your mental state? When there's nothing you can do about it So it's always obviously better to focus on what you can change and focus on what you can control and let the rest of it go
1: Exactly. So one of the things I recommend are our digital detoxes uh, Especially from places like Facebook and Instagram because you will always have people with commentary that are sparking those those disagreements with reality and for you to consume that over and over, it can be depleting. So I always recommend take three days, take a week, do something, remove it from your phone for a short amount of time, and just observe how you feel. I bet you're gonna be more peaceful. I bet you're gonna be more relaxed. You're not gonna be as irritable, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like for me, for the last six months, <laughs> I've been, uh, my Saturdays are my uh, turn off days. Mm-hmm. I basically, um, I don't answer my phone on Saturdays. I don't look at my messages. I'm not on social. My uh, sister uh, or my brother-in-law or both, whatever, they come over with the two kids and um, every Saturday for dinner. I mean, that's been my routine. So every Saturday, I don't book anything from uh, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. They come over. That's like my uh, that's my day that I turn everything off. I'm completely offline, completely out of the market. So um, I don't pay attention, don't know what happens, don't care. That's yeah. sort of my me day in a sense
1: yeah and connect with your family i mean that's what it's about
0: yeah exactly i mean like how many times do you see people when you go out and uh you know see, just pretend to re- like not pretend see when they're at a restaurant they're uh, sitting in front of each other and they're not conversing they're conversing with their phone
2: yeah terrible it's true
0: right like i mean when i go out i go out i do all my appointments before i get there i do all my mm-hmm. conversations before i get there i walk through the door Turn it phone with a jacket or turn it on. It's in silence. Right. I don't see it. When yeah. I'm on my way out, I'll uh, catch up with the messages. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It can, it can take a break, right? We we can take a break and do life.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Like... Um, I was going somewhere with this too.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll follow.
0: All right. Well, I, I promise I lost my train of thought, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll find it. <laughs> oh. I was going to ask you with mm-hmm. the Ted talk, how did that come about?
1: Yeah, so I had, you know, it's one of those things I was working, um, I was working in a Fortune 50 company, and we had just gotten a TEDx platform within the company. Um, And a colleague knew my story of growing up with my mom who had bipolar disorder, and she nominated me. And so it was like, I was nominated, and then I was selected. And I was like, oh, my gosh, so now I'm going to tell this story in front of all of my peers. Um, but it was a great experience and it really did cause uh, an opening for other people to come forward. I had so many people coming after I gave that talk, coming up to me and going, Oh my goodness. Like, I think, I think my mom might've been bipolar or my dad was bipolar, but he wasn't diagnosed. And it just was like, so powerful how storytelling can really help people feel the permission to acknowledge what they've gone through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, Mm -hmm. So I mean, good to hear that it was a great experience. Obviously, it uh, gave you positive outcomes as well. Yeah. So that's phenomenal. Um, Mm -hmm. What was it like, you know, stepping on stage to talk like, let's say the two minutes before you start?
1: Oh, much trepidation. I was, I had, you know, I had an amazing coach who helped me prepare because it's not like a PowerPoint presentation. It's legit storytelling on stage, no notes, like you, you go and you go for impact. So, um, very, very, uh, exciting, exhilarating and terrifying at the same time. You see this big red dot and you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to stand on there and I'm going to like tell my story to all these people. Um, but incredible, like incredible. When I was done, I felt, I felt like I had um, shared my heart and that was really what I set out to do.
0: Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Now you wrote a book already.
1: I did. I did.
0: Your plans for a second. Oh, look at that. Breaking Breaking into my life.
1: life. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know. I mean, this is the, this was the book that came from the Ted talk. I mean, I, I, wanted to write the full story of growing up with my mom for people to understand what mental illness was like. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe I think I, I, my first pri- priority is to turn this into an audiobook, which is, um, which is something I'm working on now, because a lot of people do consume books on audio. So I'm going to get that done. Um, maybe, maybe down the road, we'll see. My priority though, right now, uh, beyond the audiobook is impact in, in organizations and having there be more understanding and compassion and having people feel good again, feel resilient again.
0: Right. So speaking of impact and and, and future, what is your growth plan? Like, what is the next year? I mean, we'll say, what does 2022 look like in your mind, at least if, I mean, obviously can't predict future and things change. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's so interesting because oftentimes we set out on a mission, to do something and we have it all sculpted out in our head of how it's gonna go. And most of the time it never goes that way. And so I recently got confronted with, you know, I am committed to making an impact. I'm committed to helping people understand mental health. I'm committed to helping there be more um, a stigma-free environment in the world. How I achieve that, I'm not attached to, that's my commitment. So I'm sort of in a place of allowing how things are going to unfold is how they're going to unfold and impact is always going to be something that I am shooting for. Um, and I'm not attached to what that looks like. Does it look like my company explodes and I make a bigger impact, you know, myself? Does maybe, maybe it looks like I partner with someone. Maybe it looks like I become a member of a, of another organization. I'm open to the possibility of do going where, going where I'm led. Um, with a commitment of impact
0: right with that being said I mean right now where do you where do you focus most of your time on like right now like is yeah. it are you are you working mostly local are you throughout the whole United States yeah would you plan to expand beyond that like like are you like once things start going mm-hmm. back to somewhat normal
1: yeah
0: like would you be doing speaking gigs elsewhere as well like traveling?
1: You know, a lot of, a lot of the work I do is virtual workshops. So my clients are everywhere. Like I'm based in New Jersey. I have a client in New York state. I have a client in Chicago. I have a client out in California. It's all virtual right now. They all have employees. And, um, and so I'm, I'm happy to continue expanding the workshop work. I do do one-on-one coaching as well. And I have, um, I actually have a global coaching business i have more people in in outside of the u.s than in the u.s that i'm coaching which is amazing um so i do that um so yeah i mean i'm however it unfolds it unfolds i'm not i'm not like it has to go this way
0: right now like when you obviously when you start um meeting people more like and you start discussing um Disgusting, I mean, disgusting.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I follow. Um,
0: discussing, discussing, uh, you know, their needs and what's going on and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I'm sure not everybody is a fit for everything. Like, right. I mean, I, the discovery call, like yeah. do you have a discovery call because, or, or pretty much have you been able to help everybody? How do you determine who you can help and can't?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I don't want, I don't want somebody, um, I want there to be a, a good fit. I don't want it to be like, if if I can't support you with what you're looking for, I want to help you find where you can get that support. So it absolutely needs to be the right fit. So I need to understand what people are dealing with. A lot of people right now are dealing with anxiety. They're dealing with, um, you know, uh, frustration and loss, um, uh, uncertainty. So mindset, a lot of the coaching I do has to do with mindset and really helping people just sort of get back into a position of power, like where I get to say how things go. I'm not at the effects of life. So discovery calls are really important to understand what people's goals are, right? And see if those goals are something um, that I can support them with. So, yeah.
0: Right. That makes sense. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's, you got to know who's who basically, because not everybody's for everyone. Right. And then there's some people are just not willing to do the work and you can kind of figure that out from the discovery call
1: yeah you definitely want to make sure people are setting themselves up for success whether it's with me or with anyone right like if you're committed how committed are you and what do you what do you see as being successful because if you can't see it in your mind's eye it's gonna be kind of hard to go for that target
0: right now here's another question for you okay when uh, if there's someone out there suffering in silence and they're not sure what to do yes what would your advice be to that person who's could be listening and watching but watching in the background.
1: Yeah. A lot of us are diminishing how we're doing because we're like, well, everyone's in the pandemic everyone's struggling. You know, the guy next to me is struggling. They lost their job and I'm okay. I need to shut up and not fresh be frustrated. But don't diminish the impact that this pandemic is having on you. Because the reality is we're all going to be dealing with this pandemic in our own way. And it's all based on past life experiences and traumas that have us have a very unique experience, regardless of what the world is dealing with. So my first thing is, we talked a little bit about it earlier, is getting out of your head and finding someone that you trust that you can talk to. So it doesn't have to be a therapist. It could be a partner. It could be a friend. It could be a a family member, someone you know that you could go to and just say, I'm struggling with this. Can we have a chat? Because the first thing that you need to do is be able to articulate to someone how you're doing. Because if you don't, it's very easy to want to just ruminate, go back to bed, pull the covers over your head and forget about it. And that's just going to make it worse. Um, The other thing I tell people is um, make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Sleep hygiene is so important. I, I try really hard to remind people you need enough sleep to have brain balance. Um, so if you're depriving yourself of sleep, you're depriving yourself of good nutrition, exercising, you're sabotaging your mental health. So check, check and see what you're really doing and see how that could be affecting how you're feeling. Um, and then make sure that you're not listening to too much media and news. That's that's the other thing. Um as to, as for reaching out there's so many great resources out there. I mean Talkspace is a really great one. It's like the number one online therapy Ed, that you can reach out to that's like affordable. So I recommend Talkspace. If you want to know what the signs and symptoms of depression are, if you think maybe I have it but I'm not sure, go to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, nami.org. They have signs and symptoms of anxiety and depression and you can sort of see Am I, am I experiencing those symptoms? And then that could kind of have you raise an eyebrow and say, all right, maybe I need a little bit more support. Do not be embarrassed about reaching out for support. If you ask me that shows ultimate courage that you're willing to reach out and get yourself support.
0: Right. I just learned something. I did not know about that website.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They have great resources for sure.
0: Right. Um, now, what would you say to someone who's um, thinking about uh, leaving the corporate world, wants to do uh, their own thing, they're hesitant, they don't know where to start, what would you say?
1: Oh, you got to go within, you got to go within, the answers are not out there, they're not out there, the answers are all here, they're all here, so when I say go within, I mean meditate and connect to your higher source, connect to your subconscious mind, and um, It's going to give you all the answers that you need. I say this all the time because there's no, there's no strategy. If you, if you know you want to do something bigger and better than the corporate role that you have, um, you got to get really connected to it because there's going to be barriers and roadblocks and challenges and trepidation along the way. And you have to be laser focused that that's where I'm going. And only you can know that if you go within and you get clear, that that's what is priority for you. Um, So, you know, of course I could say, oh, make sure you have a nest egg. Oh, do it part time while you're working. That's safe. Like I didn't, I went from one to the other and I found a way to make it work because my conviction and my commitment was so big. So for me, that was my, that was just my personal experience, but it all comes from within us. Um, If that's something that you truly want to do, you have to see if you're really connected to that.
0: True. Makes sense. Now, in terms of, um, let, let's get into coaching as an example, because you got a coach, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Would you
0: recommend to that person that they get in themselves, start off by themselves and then see where they're at, then find a coach? Would you rec- do you think that not everybody needs a coach or would you recommend, you know, get started, get a coach immediately or find a mentor? It doesn't have to be a coach.
1: You know, I've always believed in the saying, if you want to go where you've never been, you need someone who's gone where you want to go. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So if, if you know someone who's who's experienced what you want, like how else are you going to learn? You, you need to be able to learn through that. So like for me, I, I probably should have gotten my coach immediately, but I didn't. I struggled by myself trying to figure it out. Um, But I I always recommend some type of mentor or coach. I always had mentors in my life. I just didn't have a coach who would hold me accountable. So I'm a big fan of finding the right coach to help you.
0: Makes total sense. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to do a little bit of uh, rapid fire, if you don't mind. Okay. All right. So favorite book.
1: Breaking into my life.
0: Perfect. (laughs) Favorite vacation spot. Bora Bora. Oh, explain that one.
1: Oh, Bora Bora is just simply breathtaking. In blue Waters. to you see the movie um, Couples Retreat?
0: V- yes, I saw parts of it.
1: Yes, that's literally, it has five shades of blue from the water up to the sky. It is that magnificent. When you walk off a plane, it's like you're walking into the middle of a screensaver. It's that fake. Beautiful.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, favorite movie uncle buck oh so you're a comedy person
1: love comedy and i loved i i mean come on who doesn't did, who did like uncle buck he was amazing
0: yeah it was awesome mm-hmm. and um okay, favorite vacation favorite book favorite movie um favorite song or artist
1: you know i've been listening to the past two weeks keiko matsui
0: never heard of that one
1: Yeah, she's a. I think she's Japanese, and she's just got beautiful music. Keiko Matsui.
0: Awesome. Mm -hmm. And since we're on a podcast, let's get into favorite podcast. Joe Rogan. Ah, nice, nice. (laughs) Yeah, like um, I had trouble getting into uh, Joe Rogan's uh, podcast in the beginning. Yeah, I love it. Just because it was so damn long.
1: I know. But right? I could but, listen to him all day long. I mean, and as a woman, he's not so bad to look at. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, like, but you know what? I, I found uh, his podcast grew on me. I started mm-hmm. listening to short little clippets. Yes. And I, I liked it and it made yeah. sense. Yeah. So then that's how I sort of like when you like the short clippets, you expand on it.
1: He's real. He's authentic. He's genuine. I mean, he's everything I would want to be. I have my own mental health series uh, called Michelle's Conversations That Matter. And uh, I try to do the same thing. I try to do what he does. Be real. Be honest. Be be vulnerable. You know? So, yeah.
0: And final one favorite food. Pizza. Oh, Is there anything, anything else? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to be respectful of your time and I want to say uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Oh, thank um, you.
0: If you wouldn't mind sharing where people can find you.
1: Yeah, for sure. So you can certainly follow me on Facebook. It's uh, Michelle Dickinson. You can follow me on Instagram at Michelle Dickinson 71. You can follow me on Twitter. Um, Michelle Dickinson. No, M Dickinson 13. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, of course, where I, I do a lot of my my work. And then my website for corporations to do resilience training is called careforyourpeople.com.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much again. And uh, let's keep in touch.
1: Absolutely, John. Thank you.